Welcome to the good life. Oh. Welcome to the good life. The wait is over. Welcome to the good life. And after all the talk, all I gotta say is... Welcome to the good life. Hello and welcome to the PodCon. I'm coach of the Terrace Crew and your host for this evening, Matt Ricks. For those of you tuning in for the first time, we are three brothers who have been wanting to do a Supercoach pod now for a few years and 2022, we are finally here. Tonight, we conclude our preseason series with an in-depth look at possibly the three most important positions and those that will have the most impact on the 2022 Supercoach season, 5'8", halfback and fullback. Before we get stuck in, I'd like to thank everyone out there who has engaged with us so far on socials and a particular shout out to the PodPod feedback group who have been very, very hottest in their appraisal of the PodPod so far. Uh, there's some proper shrewd super coaches in that group and we'll be, uh, we'll be looking to take out the top 10 league with those boys this season. Speaking of leagues, we have set up an unlimited group for the season. The group code is 732-654. That again is 732-654 for anyone who wants to get involved. We'll have a prize at the end of the year for the top team. And uh, let me tell you that uh, we're pretty fresh on the podcast beat here, so there aren't that many involved, so it'll be worth your while joining. Very, very good chance of a prize. Also, we have spots left in our 20-team head-to-head OG league for the pod pod, for which the code is 132770. We would love to have a few of our listeners in there before round one. Rightio, the first of our guests tonight, number two in the family, number three in 2014 super coach, Dan Ricks. Dan, how are the nerves over there in London heading into TLT? Thanks, Matty. Yeah, spring has sprung in London. Uh, not that you'd really notice. Um, the super coach teams have been flying around, different drafts, uh, very difficult to do with the amount of uh, clouds around the uh, injuries. Uh, still obviously sweating on team, team list Tuesday, uh, but really looking forward to tonight. Halfback, 5'8", uh, fullbacks, uh, you know, gun positions, uh, really big calls to make early on. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Dan, something uh, we haven't spoken a lot so far. I think we mentioned it one night on the other po- one night on uh, one of the earlier episodes. Is that you're actually a physio? So, uh, what can we expect this season from you um, in terms of insights into injuries? Uh, there's obviously a very well known physio out there, the NRL physio. Can we expect some similar sort of insight from you? Yeah, the other big bad Brian, he's uh, doing a great job as NRL physio. Yeah, I think it it does give me a little bit of an advantage because you can kind of uh, get more of a gauge on uh, recovery times and and how bad those injuries are. So yeah, I, I use it to my advantage, and I'm I'll be happy to share it with the listeners through the year as well. I think we'll probably touch on most of the important injuries week to week. And yeah, just give you a little bit, little bit more insight. And um, I, I guess if you know, it, particularly those ones that aren't really giving you that much information, I'll, I'll try to shed a little bit of light and, and a little bit of understanding around what what they're currently looking at. We see that a lot from some some clubs. They're not the most forthcoming with injury news, especially in terms of time frame for players being out. So, I think anything you can give us there will be very helpful for the listeners. Our next guest is the resident king of pods, as we like to call him around here, brother number three, Tubes. 
Tube, some uh, some positive feedback last week on our Reporto Heat Scale. Can you give us an updated spice rating for tonight's episode? Yeah, I'm I'm feeling fairly calm tonight, Matt. Uh, we're recording this on a on a Saturday evening, the last last Saturday um, that we won't have some NRL on the on the TV to, to either watch or head to the pub and uh, and enjoy. So I'm feeling pretty relaxed and calm today, uh, but. Uh, I'm getting the sense that that you're coming in with a bit more heat this week. <laughs> well, as you, as you say, it's Saturday night, Tube. So, yeah, look, a couple of beers over dinner, a couple of reds pre pod. Yeah, got a uh, got a lovely got a lovely glass of uh, Max's Shiraz uh, Penfolds here. So, gonna enjoy that over the course of the podcast. But yeah, no, no, coming in coming in warm. We'll say we'll say we're coming in warm. <laughs> Righto, let's uh, let's get straight into it. Halfback. So we're going to go through the, first of all, just the, the players who are purely halfback. Obviously, there's Jules crossover here a lot, um, but we're just going to structure it uh, between halfback and 5'8", straight halves, straight 5'8", and then Jules. So coming in at the top of the ownership for halfbacks, we're going to go very similar to our structure from previous episodes. we got Nathan Cleary, 950,000, 19% owned. Jerome Hughes, $640,000, 11% owned. And new appearance into the top three in the last two or three days with the emergence that Jamal Fogarty will miss up to four months with a serious knee injury is Brad Schneider, 189K, and he's already 11% owned. Might kick off with you tonight, Tubes. Uh, Where are you looking at in terms of Cleary round one at the moment? Yeah, I, so it'll all come down to whether or not he's named on Tuesday and um, and then by extension if he plays uh, into round one. If he's going to play, I'm definitely starting with him in my team. I know there's some chat about that he could be a little bit overpriced um, off the back of such a great season last year, but for me he's just by far and away the, the best half. Um, he should average at least you know, 15 to 20 points above the nearest halfback. So feels like a lock to start with him there. Um, and I've, I'm saving money elsewhere, so he'll be in my team. If he doesn't play round one, I'm not going to spend 950000 to sit on the bench for a round. Uh, and that one round could become two rounds. So I think that, yeah, I think, I think that's the big risk with Cleary. If he, if he doesn't get named round one, when's he back? Like, yeah, you know, he's back from a, you know, it's a, it's serious shoulder surgery. Uh, Dan, I don't know if you can add anything there in terms of the recovery. Yeah, it does put it down. Even if he is playing, you know, uh, Panthers have a bit of form early in the season and they start to put points on. Do they just, you know, sit him on the bench, you know, take him off, obviously ease him back in for the season? Uh, is obviously, you know, so crucial to their team. You know, once once their games are wrapped up, does do they do a turbo and just put him on the pine? From my perspective... Uh, I think what Tube said is right. Uh, round one, if he misses round one, then he's he could be a risk for round two and then round three even potentially and beyond. Um, I can't really see that if he plays, I think he'll play 80 unless they're, unless they're winning pretty easily. But obviously they've got Manly round one, so that, that might be a bit difficult. For me, Cleary is the most difficult player and the most, sorry, the most dependent player for round one in terms of TLT. If he's named, then you'll see his ownership skyrocket. If he's not, you'll see it drop. But it's just so important for the structure of people's teams. I mean, you're talking four or 500K that gets freed up. 
if he's not in your team. Yeah. So so I think that that's going to be the most determinant kind of name that we'll be looking for on for TLT. I think, I mean, look, if he's named, he'll play 80. He'll be leading from the front, captain, big arms, big pecs, big chin. He'll be he'll be out there to, to play and, um, and and he'll be put racking up the super coach points again. So he'll be in my team. I, I think that he, I mean, we're obviously spending a little bit of time on Cleary just because he's he's so crucial. He's obviously one of the best players in the game. I, I don't think that we will see him average 108 again across the season. They've got a little bit of a tricky, you know, opening with Manly, but then their draw opens up a fair bit. It's not inconceivable that he could hit his average over the first five or six weeks. Tubes, we were talking before the pod about everyone's kind of uh, downplaying PVL ball a bit, thinking that it, it might not happen again that way. Can you see Cleary averaging 100 again, um, if not for the start of the season, over the course of the season? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, what I was saying before the pod was it just feels like uh, we've gotten into this narrative as if PVL ball's over and as if they've come out with some announcement that they're looking to change uh, the, you know, to, to lower the scoring, um, which I think a lot of fans might want, but I just don't necessarily see that it's there. Even then you go back to 2020, um, which was a big leap year for him, I remember uh, he came back and he was doing what suddenly Andrew Johns used to do, where he'd, he'd run over the top of people sometimes and, and and score some tries. So, and and he even averaged eighty three this like that year. So one hundred eight last year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him average over a hundred again this year, even if the points were to drop a little bit. The next player on the ownership list is Jerome Hughes, six hundred forty k, eleven percent owned. Um, there hasn't been too much chat on him pre-season. I think the general prevailing consensus is that he won't be in most players' teams, most Supercoach teams to start. Is that where you're at at the moment, Dan? Yeah, he's he's priced at kind of 73 average, 73 point average per game. He had a great season last year, really, really good and kind of breakout for his Supercoach. Uh, but I can't see him going above that. So... You know, I'm I'm looking at some other 640k players who I think can can really build on last year. So he's I, he hasn't been in any of my drafts ties. Yeah, he's coming off a 76 point average from last year, and he had a very kind of consistent year as well. Uh, sorry, 73 point average last year. Very very consistent um, with the with the changes in the Storm side. Um, it's probably hard to see him kicking off that quickly. I, I don't. I think he'll be a nice option at some point during the season, um, and he's always been a bit of a pod as well. So it's interesting to see him, you know, at eleven percent ownership um, to start the year. People are kind of. I think he's one of those alternates to Cleary. So if you don't have Cleary, he's someone that people are considering. But yeah, he's, he's not for me either at this stage. Uh, Adam Reynolds is a guy who's gone out of contention, uh, where it looks like he's got COVID for round one. Although reports are a bit mixed there. And with that, uh, with that COVID diagnosis beyond the Broncos, Dan, I know you want to speak a little bit about your uh, lack of respect for the Broncos later, but uh, that's bring brought sorry young Brad Schneider in from the Raiders as a potential cheapy option. So he's currently eleven percent owned, one hundred eighty nine k. He looks to have you know from the very little I've seen of him a relatively friendly Super Coach game. Um, he had some good numbers coming out of Reggie's last year. Uh, have you managed to slip him straight in, Tubes? Yeah, I'll be starting with the Schneider. Um, 
Schneider. Schneider. I haven't seen much of him, to be honest. Read some tweets, saw some people putting up some of his stats from um, reserve grade. But for me, he's 188K. I really like the Raiders this year. I think they're in for a bounce back season wow. in general. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think he, he, he slots straight in there um, nicely at, at pretty much dollar, bottom dollar. He's kind of perfect for that um, second half or halfback spot. If you want, I think you definitely need two guns in the halves, no doubt. Start the year, you need those two guns. So I think most people will have their bench of Schneider and Ilias and then and then picking up two guns there. It's pretty straightforward. He'd need to be pretty bad behind the Raiders pack to not be you know, looking half decent and and getting getting some, you know, oh, okay base scores to rise from one. No, no, no. I, sorry, I don't mean about Schneider being no good for Supercoach. Like he would have to be terrible to be no good for Supercoach. But in terms of the Raiders being any good, Fogarty being out and Schneider in has got to put a bit of a dampener on your confidence. Yeah, I I really like their pack. I think Whiten, um, if Schneider goes goes well, um, and then you know I I I and and then their backline. So I I really just I, I think it is a bit of a a loss with Fogarty out. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see how the the young kid goes. You really are quite mellow today, Chips. Yeah, that's very, very <laughs> calm and composed. Just this is not just, what this is not what the listeners have come to expect. Yeah, I don't know. Just, just you know, been a nice, relaxing Saturday afternoon, and uh, and just you know, keep keep keeping it mellow today. When we look away from um, from those sort of heart those those halfback only options, um, we'll get to some more pot options soon because most of them are jewels. DCE seems overpriced to start the year. I don't think many will be starting with him. Mitch Moses, we spoke about last week. Has he uh, after the after the chat? Has he has he given your uh, you given any thought for him, Dan? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm warming to him a little bit. Just looking at a few stats uh, and how he goes when the when the eels are going well uh, and he's fully fit. Uh, the one thing I'd say. With that, is Brown switching sides with him to the left may have a bit of an impact. Uh, but I can see the Eels getting off to a flying start. And I think I was very anti him. Uh, I still won't be taking him, but uh, I can understand people people looking to get some points off him early on. Yeah, like I said on the last pod, I think that it's we're only two years removed from him being kind of the, the number two halfback option behind Cleary, and that was actually a bit of a discussion. So, yeah, I'm I'm... I'm less confident with him moving back to the right. Obviously, we spoke about Dylan Brown going to the left as well. Um, I think that is a bit of a dampener for him. Um, and we've spoken a bit, a lot about this uh, before in the pre-pod days. Is is that Dan that you just don't really want guys who we don't think are good, good, solid NRL players in the team? And Mitch Moses is still firmly in that category for me. Yeah, you're asking him to sort of get back to where he was a couple of years ago. Uh, I'd rather be probably looking at guys that are on the up. Uh, one of those guys being Sam Walker really impressed me last year. A little bit light frame and, and teams are going to attack him a little bit this year, trying to trying to pop those shoulders a little bit. But, you know, if he grabs the goal kicking uh, tubes, I know you were a bit of a bit of a fan of him last year. Is he going to be in your side or around there? 
Yeah, so if uh, that's I'm looking at him if Cleary doesn't play uh, round one, uh, so 400k cheaper than Cleary. If he has the goal kicking for the Roosters, who are probably in for a lot of points in those early rounds, um, I'm strongly considering him if 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 we can get any mail out around whether or not he's kicking kicking goals. And then the other one um, is probably a bit more of a pod option is Toby Sexton from the Titans. Will be kicking goals for them. He sits at about uh, 434K, so really in that mid-range price. Average 62 from four games last year. He's got the halfback spot sewn up there and kicking goals, so he's another one that I'd be looking to consider. Um, Titans, have got a very, Titans have got a very very nice draw to start the year as well. Yeah, I think it, if, if I'm not going Cleary, whoever I'm going – is is a placeholder, and that placeholder could be four rounds, it could be five rounds, it could be less. So I'm looking possibly for someone that's value with a fast, with a looking at a fast start. I haven't even got there yet, but that just reminded me, like, if you don't start with Cleary, but then he's back round two or round three, how do you get him in? Yeah, like <laughs> what's the what's the what's the path? It's like you're gonna have to downgrade a gun elsewhere to be able to upgrade like a Sam Walker or a or a Toby Sexton. Yeah, well, I was thinking about it. Like, I don't know if I'd do it, but if Pappenhausen's out and Cleary's out round one, do you go turbo round one? I know they're playing; uh, they have a hard draw to, for the first couple. But do you start with turbo and then plan on going turbo down to Pappenhausen when he's back, and and that gets you the money for Cleary? Oh, um, obviously, a waste down. of a couple of trades. But Jesus, jeez. <laughs> I don't think he's ready to say, oh, I'll get rid Three of Turbo inch. for a few rounds and then get him back. <laughs> well, just saying, it's an option. Well, it's, it's, hey, that's, it, is an op- it is an option because we, we're going to talk a bit about late, this later in the listener question segment. We've got a great, great question coming up from the mid-north coast of New South Wales. But um, with the amount of trades this year, that is actually a, that could be a viable strategy Uh to look at, you know, that where you're actually planning trades around the cash. So having Turbo early, trading him out, and then bringing him back in, maybe even when he's dropped some cash, could be an option to be able to shuffle the deck in terms of being able to bring Cleary in, bring Cleary out. Yeah, or yeah, imagine he goes 200-200 to start the year and then, you know, you're, you're off and gone. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, before we move on from the halfbacks, there was one thing I wanted to mention. Chad Townsend currently is 1% ownership. So I don't know how many teams it is that has picked him at 412,000. Um, if it's any of our listeners, I just urge you to take a good hard look at yourselves. Um, <laughs> And 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 reconsider that that positioning. I'm not sure where you're thinking that upside's coming from, but um, well, he's captain. He's captain this year. Yeah, captain Chad. So captain, captain Chad. take 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 the kick in off Val. Just just make the captain's call. Takes over. You know, I found it funny. He was making some sweeping runs out the back for <laughs> so not really doing much. But who Chad? Um, yeah. For that Val Holmes try last week in the trial, he was the he was playing off the ball, sweeping around the back. Yeah, decoy, big, big hard the decoy, decoy man. Decoy. Yeah, I mean I'm they got a pretty good concerned. draw, the Cowboys. So, but uh, you know, it's just he's he's well away so? from my team. What is that? What is that supposed to? What is that supposed to be? <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm make trying an to, argument. I'm trying, I'm trying to make an argument, pro Chad. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the did, big question on my the big the big question in my mind around chat is 
how the um how's the humidity affected his buffont? Looks looks as thick and luscious <laughs> as ever. Yeah, I thought it might be positive. I thought it could be positive. Like that extra layer of sweat could just you know bond those fibers just keeps that extra thick. you know keeps it point two percent. Yeah. <laughs> no upside. Uh, all right. No upside. We, we better we better move on. We better move on before we uh before we get chat offside. Five eights only. So uh, we got Matty Burton moved from the Panthers to the Bulldogs. He looked good, looked good in that first trial, even though they got smashed. But that show and go, very familiar from his Panthers days. Uh, he's eleven percent owned, five hundred seventy six k. Uh, we got Cam Munster who will miss round one. Of course, he's currently eight percent owned, and that's actually shot up a bit this week, six hundred fifty k. And then we've got the. Uh, the absolute superstar Cody Walker, seven hundred thirty-five k, seven percent owned, coming off a big eighty-four average in twenty twenty-one. Uh, any of those three uh, spike in your interest, Dan? Uh, leading into round one. Yeah, I, I love Munster as a player uh, off the off the beers this year. So whatever that means for his for his output on the field, uh, he, he you know I had him last year and he had a relatively quiet year. Uh, still a really high average. So if he can if he can explode this year, I think he'll be he'll be up there. Him and Cody will be the the top two. He he could uh, uh, outdo Cody early as well. Souths have a pretty tough draw. Uh, misses round one, but I, I think he, he he's still worth taking a punt even if he misses that. Um, yeah, I love him. Burton. It's tough when he's in the bulldog side. You look at some other halves uh, in really terrible teams. It's it's really tough to pick them. They might be really good, but if they're not getting the ball, if they're not getting the field position, uh, he has a bit of individual brilliance, and I think he'll he'll get the goal kick in as well. But he's he's not for me early on. Definitely a wait and see. Do you see his hair? Who's on the yeah. weekend? Burton went the golden locks. That's never, never worked, worked, has it? Yeah, never worked. So there's enough mm-hmm. to turn me off him for the year. Kick out tried to just break it by just never getting rid of it. But um, who was it? Who was it last year? Dylan, Dylan Brown. Brown didn't didn't work for him. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's a long, long tradition of that not working. On the opposite side, Cameron Munster's hair looked very nice. Don't know if any of you saw that. <laughs> he's, he's got he's got the long he's got the long he's got the long locks. Yeah, I mean, let's, yeah, we can move on a bit from hairstyles here and, and focus on the super coach. Anyway, yeah, yeah, in any case, yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think yeah, um, 735K for Cody Walker, they've got, I think, um, three of the four uh, top sides for the first four rounds. Very uh, For me, it's very hard to pick up. And South lost a couple of recruits as well. So in that go forward, uh, going to make it harder to get those opportunities. And Adam Reynolds not there. Maybe he does get a bit more ball. Spoke about it a little bit with Cookie. Does Cookie take over that that other side a little bit? Uh, he's he's a wait and see for me for sure. I, I think I think Walker's actually a, a great option. Um, he's difficult to fit in at that price. Um, I think that the as you mentioned there, he he should see a little bit more ball. I mean, how much more can he see such a weapon? They they went to him so much anyway. Cookie, you'd have to think Cookie only has upside in his running game. Um, which I think will help Walker. I mean, they'll be on the front. He'll be getting more front foot ball, you know, eyes up footy, as they like to say. I think Walker will be continuing to get that. I've got a few question marks over Souths. I don't think they'll be as strong as last year. 
Walker's just got such a super coach friendly game that I think that he, he yeah. would be a good option no matter what. And and I don't want the I don't want the aggregators out there, you know, taking this, but um I, I know we've got a bit of an inside word that Cookie will be running a bit more this this year, but their their pack still has to go forward. Um, so I'm just not a hundred percent certain on that. So I, I won't be starting the year with with Walker with at that price uh, in my team anyway. No, that's fair enough. Just um, there's actually not too many five eight only options. One that I spoke about last week that I'm keen on is Dylan Brown back on the left. I think he's an underpriced value semi gun. I don't think he'll reach you know full gun status, but I think he could he could average sixty for the year, which uh, gives it gives him a spot of value to start. I think that I'd be looking at him mainly maybe in a three gun half strategy rather than two. Uh, and then the only other one I've got down here is Jerome Luai, five hundred fifteen k. He's he's not he's in seven percent of teams currently. Not really on the radar for most super coaches at the moment. He was really popular at stages last year, um, but I think that that he's probably a, uh, a wait and see for me. Right, let's move on to the dual halves now. So any any player who is available in more than one position in either half, back or five eight, uh, the most owned players out of that group: Lachlan Ilias, two hundred five k, fifty four percent ownership; Tauto Amone, two hundred eighty five k, thirty six percent ownership. Jackson Hastings, back from Super League, 351K, currently owned by 27% of teams. Luke Keary, 528K, back from an ACL, 22% of teams currently. And Blake Taff, jostling with Ilias for the halfback spot longer term with the South Sydney Rabbitohs. He's 210K and currently in 19% of teams. Dan, uh, I'll go to you first. Do you currently own any of those guys and what are your thoughts on that group? Yeah, I currently own Kiri. I think I've gone the Cleary Kiri route. That will obviously change if uh, injury changes. Both of them under a little bit of a cloud, but from what I read on Twitter the other day, uh, it was kind of positive. Just a little ankle clean out wasn't related uh, to any foot stress fractures or anything like that. So that was kind of positive. Uh, Amoni won't be in my halves. He may be in the center wing sort of bench spot. Uh, and then Elias is that, as I said, that low price second half uh, that I'm looking. So the others I, I, I'm keen to leave out. Don't think we need to touch too much on, on Elias. I mean, unless we get news that Taff is going to get that halfback spot. He looks locked into most teams. Had a nice trial versus the Dragons the other day. Tubes, Jackson Hastings is a really, I think, is a really important piece of the puzzle in this Supercoach round one for everyone's teams. Where do you sit with him? Uh, do you think he can uh, be a bit of a gun this year or are you on the negative side for him to start? I won't be starting with him. Um, I'm I'm looking at probably laying him to start the year. 350K um, could be a good price, uh, especially with the goal kicking. And Is that confirmed? No. I mean, if he, assuming he has the goal kicking, but... I'm I'm a bit iffy on him as a player as well as the Tigers team in general. So at 350k, I just think uh, I'm not gonna. I'm definitely wouldn't be playing him. He'd be on. He'd be filling a bench role. And the fact that you've got Ilias and Schneider uh, for such a significant uh, decrease, I'll be looking at not starting with him in the team. Corey Pax is a guy who's coming in contention in the last couple of weeks. Looks like he might be able to sneak that. Number nine jersey for the Brogsoft, Jake Turpin. 
Dan, if he starts at nine, is he going to interest you, either a halfback or hooker? He may interest me if if I go uh, if I go the cheese early on, actually. So if you if you go Randall and, and Pakes uh, in that hooker spot and maybe cheese at the second row forward, you can kind of there's a bit of shift shifting around you could do there. Obviously Turpin's hanging around. Uh, I don't mind Pakes. He looks he looks pretty good. If he if he got those minutes, he'd be a great value pickup. But then you run the risk of running two lowish hookers, so you don't get one of those guns. Yeah, I, I don't. Spot. I don't think that's viable. I don't think that's viable mm. to run both. And he definitely won't be anywhere near the halfbacks positions for me, uh, as Tube said. If you go on Jackson Hastings, you'd put him as your third pick, and a three fifty one k. You know, it's too much money to be sitting as your third half. Someone who will have a close eye on is uh, Nico Hines coming for the Sharks from the Storm, obviously off a career last year. Um, I've heard some people who are really bullish on Hines. He's not really someone that I'm looking to start with at that price tag. He looks to have sewn up the goal kicking. Um, I'm not – I just think moving away from the Storm, you're probably not going to see that upside. You know, he needs to average 75-plus to maintain his price, and I just can't really see that happening. Anyone – Got any counter to that? Yeah, I'm speaking to Dad about him today. Dad's pretty bullish on Nico Hines um, and we're having a bit of a chat. I'm bullish on him as a player uh, and I really think he's going to be good for the Sharks. Um, I'm feeling very confident coming into the year, the way he'll control the team. I've liked what I've seen from him from the trials. The only question marks is what does that translate to from a super coach perspective? How much points do the Sharks have in them? If he's got the goal kicking, um, if the Sharks are scoring points, then I think it could translate well. But I'm going to be leaving him out and uh, happy to see him perform extremely well. But I feel like it, he's going to have one of those years where he'll be an improved player, but it may not translate to the super coach. I feel like yeah. the Sharks' stocks are pretty high as well at the moment. Like I think people have a general feeling the Sharks are going to do pretty well, and I'm, I'm obviously hopeful for that, but... Probably not as yeah. You know, I think there's I think there's a bit of downside there. The sharks might not be as good as as hoped. A couple of players that I, I probably don't mind talking about in this dual position is is the Warriors harps and bit of a log jam as to what's going to happen there. Reese Walsh is out round one at fullback, so they're they're talking to Harris Tavita starting at fullback, which means that SJ and um, Cody Nicarima will start in the harps. But obviously, when Walsh is back. Uh, Harris Tavita is then available. Uh, and what happens there? Does Harris Tavita go back to the bench? Does Cody Nicarima go back to the bench? I saw uh, that Harris Tavita is potentially looking at uh, signing elsewhere for next year. So, not sure how that comes into play. But if we get a clear picture there, uh, I don't mind either option of. Uh, Johnson, which I think we spoke a little bit about last week, but even as a super pod option, someone like Cody Nicarima, uh, you can pick him. He's a dual halfback and also dual 5'8 and hooker. Uh, so you could look at running him to start the year in your hooking position, uh, certainly for round one, uh, and potentially move him on for someone like Harry Grant, but not but switch him down to your 5'8 role if he keeps the halves position. Uh, and as I mentioned last week, very easy start to the year draw-wise for the Warriors. So he's one that 
look, he'd be he's probably even too potty for me, but I'm looking I, I have I have had him in my team throughout the week playing around. I don't mind Katie. He's got a he's got a big score in him. You loved for him. Sure. You loved him last year, Dan. I know, I know. He did he had some some great hundred plus scores and i I think I brought him in actually, but uh, he, he then you know brought him in and got moved to the bench, I think. So yeah, I I, I can see people taking a punt on him. For that uh, for that hooker spot early on, um, SJ, I, I think he's worth a punt as well at his price. I think he would be a decent pickup to pair uh, one of the super gun halves there. Uh, dual position makes it a little bit more handy as well. I think Ash Taylor's around the, the Warriors as well, isn't he for the halves? So yeah, it's that real log jam there. And and uh, you know Nathan Brown is he's not that trustworthy. <laughs> Uh, he could, yeah, I think he's, he's pretty happy to flip things. So I think that's one for Tubes's pods that uh, Cody Nikarima. There's that you got to have a bit of faith in Brownie there that he's gonna he's gonna leave him there. He's obviously got an incredibly super coach friendly game. What about Andrew King? Put him in the circuit. Put him somewhere. He's too good for this game. Well, the juggler, the juggler's come out at Brookie. Let's move on to fullbacks. So the last of our positional. Deep dives for tonight. So our most popular fullbacks, uh, James Tedesco, 35% owned, 760K. Ryan Pappenhausen, 695K, in doubt for round one, currently still in 31% of teams. And then we're down to beyond a couple of duels, Tommy Turbo, 18.2% of teams, $1.256 million. The big question all preseason is can you fit Turbo in? My Initial thoughts to that is I think you're going to have to get very, very lucky in terms of Turbo's initial scores to to do well starting with Turbo. I know people have said that it's, you know, can't be a bad idea starting with Turbo if you can fit the rest of your side. I've heard the captaincy argument, which I think is the most valid argument for bringing Turbo in. But I think you're on a, you're on a bit of a hiding to nothing starting with Turbo. Um, I'll be starting with Tedesco and Pappenhausen, providing Lil Pappy is starting uh, round one. Tubes, uh, we spoke a bit during the week about this in terms of if Pappy doesn't start, uh, where are you looking in round one? As I mentioned earlier, I I'm, I'm, would consider this, this if Cleary's out, uh, this potential Turbo come in, uh, especially they play the Panthers round one. And no Cleary Panthers, you sort of get in that double hit. They they could put 40 on them. Um, So that's probably the scariest proposition. They could could put 40 on them at Penrith. No Cleary. (laughs) Maybe. The Premiers, round one, Manly going to put 40 on them at at home. Cleary is a big swing if out. I get that. But that's still a bit of a way to get 40 put on him. <laughs> Look, Matt, if Cleary's out, um, th- what is it, 30-plus, the Manly. If only, uh, if, only we had, if only we had a betting company sponsor, we could plug him. Either way, that is something, though, uh, that I might look at. Um, but, but if Pappenhausen's out and Cleary's in my side and I didn't go down that route, I would definitely be looking at uh, an option – like a centre wing um, fullback dual positional player. I've currently got in there someone like the Hammer, um, but you could be looking at someone like a Sloan or one of those 
ones that you're going to be looking at slotting back into your centre wing once Pappenhausen becomes available because that's very important. Even if Pappenhausen misses round one, you're going to want him in your team as soon as he is back and on on the par. And um, so if you have got those dual fullback center wings, I just don't think that there's anyone outside of Tedesco, Pappenhausen and Turbo um, that I would want as my long-term fullbacks. So I'd be looking for a dual. I think that there's going to be opportunity to really hit those fullbacks when their price is right and when their draw is good throughout the season. So because fullback is such an important position in terms of scoring output in Supercoach, you want you want over the course of your season, you want your two fullbacks to be averaging probably close to 200 points a week. And so you've really got to be be able to pick the moments with them. So obviously Turbo is going to be an obvious trade-in at some point during the year. There's no doubt about that. But you've got guys like Gutho, like Teddy, like Paps, you know, even someone like Xavier Savage, if he gets that full, ends up getting that fullback spot for the Raiders, Will Kennedy for the Sharks. You know, like the, you know, they they might not seem like premium options, but but if we can get them at the right time throughout the year, and if you're willing to spend those trades at fullback to hit the to hit the draws to hit the positive draws, I think that that's probably a, a viable strategy. Yeah, I'm, I'm expecting Gutho to have a good start at the season, and I like that he's priced around uh, Pappenhausen. So if Pappenhausen is out, I don't, I don't mind the play of bringing Gutho in early uh, for the points for his for his early. Would rounds you hold him? Then- would you, Would you hold him for Paps once Paps back, or would you look to go straight to Paps? Depends on the draw. So say if Para have a pretty easy game and and Melbourne don't have an easy game, I'd probably hold Gutho for that and just wait for the timing of the draw. Uh, And it's a pretty easy just switch straight over. Uh, And, you know, I don't mind a bit of Gutho as well. So I think that's a play. As Tube said, the centre wing fullback Jewel in that second spot would be the only other play you could. Yeah, do. I really like that as well. Yeah, and then otherwise it's it's Teddy, Pappy, Turbo, just on rotate depending on injuries and draws. I think that's that's all you can kind of look at there. Um, yeah, I think Ricky's looking at starting uh, Shans at fullback. So Savage numbers is probably going to drop off there. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to start on the on the right wing. Mm. Yeah, the only other one is we talked about Hines in the halves, but dual fullback as well could be one if someone likes Hines, pick him at fullback. Yeah, definitely. We'll finish our fullback chat with uh, looping back around to James Tedesco, the most owned fullback um, after Joseph Suwali, who's obviously in doubt with an injury. Uh, This time last year, the big question on everyone's lips was, can you afford not to start with our James Tedesco um, in one of your fullback slots and where he was close to a million dollars to start the year? This year we're getting him at a fairly big discount on that um, at only 760k. Tubes, can you go beyond Teddy to start the year? It, it seems it seems pretty difficult. Yeah, he'll definitely be starting in my team. Um, I think starting in most people's teams. Um, I think he seems. Ready for another big year, Kiri back, and he'll be he'll be fired up and and ready to go. What about just on Teddy the the 
chat that's come out in the last few days where he was with all of these squid game stuff. So deny, 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 get a slap on the wrist from the NRL and then come out with an article basically saying, oh, yeah, I did it. I'm sorry <laughs> and I'm really sorry. Oh, but I'm, I want to be mature now because I'm going to get married and have babies, so I'm going to be more mature this season. <laughs> Tubes. Teddy's Teddy's pretty good at supercoach tubes. Like, let's not forget we're in the NRL land here. Yeah, I, I, I was planning on skipping tubes as tirade. That was probably a little yeah. mini one for the week. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it was just so good. Little just, little off the cuff tirade. Just a nice little. Uh, I'm just gonna yell out Squid Game at people and then deny it and then uh, <laughs> and then just yeah. come out three it's months later t- and say, oh, I am. I did. I did have a fully, zoom and say I'm sorry. Fully fledged gaslighting from young Tedster. But yeah. I think, yeah, I think he's look, a pretty. Oh, yeah, look, look, he's had a he's had a blue there, but I, yeah, he's yeah, had, he's, I, he's had, I think he's a good guy. Anyway, yeah. um, I just just lastly on Teddy there, I think that he's he's potentially close to the best value player in Supercoach this season. Must have to start the season. Questions with tubes. Another week. Tubes, what have we got sent in this week? Yeah, we got, um, as you mentioned earlier, we got one from coming from the mid-north coast of New South Wales. Um, we got one from the owner of uh, of Shine Bright from uh, Mick Diamond. Uh, <laughs> it's a little bit of a question around uh, cash generation. Is it is it less important this year given how many trades there are? And the ways that uh, you can you can potentially generate cash, and what does that mean for you with how you structure your team with having nuffs in the team versus the traditional, I guess, plain slow burn cheapies that you might be looking to make some cash off. I'll throw to you, Matt, to to answer uh, those that two part question. <laughs> Right, so this is a great question, and I've been stewing on it since I saw it come into the inbox on about Wednesday. Uh, I'll start with the with the nuffs. So, as far as I'm concerned, there's two sides to this argument in terms of is nuffs viable. I think if there was no COVID, then uh, the nuffs would be an extremely viable strategy. I know I've said viable strategy a lot tonight, but um, I'm um, I've got it on the brain. Feel <laughs> um, the wines there kicking in a bit. Yeah, I know it's a shocker. Um, yeah, I think I think more nuffs are better. There's obviously the argument that you're going to need a full squad to field a side. So I think that's actually been a little bit overplayed. Uh, we know that the Roosters had a COVID party and made sure that everyone got it pre-season. So you wouldn't expect any of them to get it. I think about Did they 90- actually. They've all had it. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, okay. Every single player in the in the Rooster squad has had COVID already. Oh, Robbo is too so, good. Too smart. Get it out of the way before Christmas, boys. Just uh yeah, get through. But yeah, the but 90, 90 odd percent of the NRL has had COVID. So Yeah. I think there's a little bit overplaying there. I don't think there'll be that many games that, that we're missing with COVID. So I think that you certainly can avoid that you can go with some nuffs. Now specifically the slow burn part of that, I think that you can avoid slow burns to an extent this year. Front row forward is obvi- the obvious place where most slow burns reside. Now, if you can save thirty between 30 and 80K in slow burn dollars and just go with nuffs, 
Uh, I don't know what you guys think, but I think that that is something that you could look at to start your team with, especially if you've got some dual flexibility in the second row. What are your thoughts, Dan? Yeah, I think particularly if you don't have turbo on your side, you want to get the VC loophole working well. So if you get those slow burn front row forward, second row forward guys who are getting 20 points, 30 points, uh, really become an auto, auto emergency issue. So I'm I'm very keen on, you know, not going those 180K guys, go bottom price on guys who aren't going to play, uh, particularly in those forward positions. And there are so many center wing mid to low prices where you can generate good fast cash. So that's that's what I'm looking at. And in terms of non-playing reserves, most of the time I'm looking uh, in my draft teams around three or four. So still having sort of, you know, 21 players that will be looking to play, but uh, not having too many of those AE uh, nightmares on the Where are you bench. getting them? Where I can't, like, I, I like that idea. I just don't know where I can do that. Like I've got, I think I've got one NPR at the moment in the front row. Um, I'm running yeah. Max King as my other one, but. Um, yeah, where, where are you running all those NPRs? I'm brushing. I'm brushing Max King, so I'm running two gun uh, front row forwards and then two complete nuffs. Uh, with the amount of trades that you can have, if one of those guys goes down, uh, you can fairly easily just trade in another gun. There, uh, I'm looking at having the front row forward, second row forward jewels in that front row forward position as well. Uh, so. That's how I'm doing that. Then looking at possibly getting a centre wing, second row forward enough. I think there's one at Panthers that you can slide in who's already retired. Uh, so that, that Shannon sort of Harris. Allows, yeah, Shannon Harris. That allows you to to rotate Targo, Aiken, those sort of guys who, who have that jewel. Uh, so if you do get an injury in one of those places, you can just quickly switch that around and fill out your 17. Yeah, that's a pretty interesting Interesting strategy. I yeah, I, I think um, just just to come over the top with of that, um, I think it, there's a huge difference between someone like Max King, who's 188k, 700, that you might take a little bit of a flyer on, um, versus potentially trying to find cheapies even at that um, Terrapi Maroa level of 205 or 230, 240. I think if you can be saving 20, 30, 50K by, by picking enough, I'll be looking at uh, doing that. I've got four non-playing reserves in my team at the moment, one in front row, two in the back row, and one in centre wing. Um, so I, I actually really like the strategy of potentially having more non-playing reserves. The difference, I think, Dan, is I have so far picked ones that I think may eventually play during the year. Um, but wouldn't be expecting them to uh, to likely um, play. So, like the non-playing reserve I've got in my center wing is that uh, is it Kalua from the from the from from the Manly, Eagles. Yeah. Um, if he did yeah. make the team, could be a very good player uh, with upside. But I'm happy to carry him at 175k. Yeah, he's actually quite highly owned. I think most people are expecting him to get a run at some point. Um, the other option at front row forward is from the Ma- is from Manly as well, and Manly are interesting because they play round thirteen. So uh, I've currently got Sione Finu, uh, Manassi's younger brother, in the front row forward. He's he's basement price won't get a start, obviously, but maybe will come into calculations in the middle of the year. Yeah, for Origin. Even someone like Garlic 
at uh, the Storm, 175K, dual hooker, second row forward, probably plays in those origin um, origin weeks, uh, but, you know, with cheese and grand in the side, won't be starting in most or won't be getting in the 17 in most times. We should mention that, that, that a high number of MPRs is probably a high-risk strategy. So if it doesn't come off, it can really go down in flames. Um, but... I think that if you're trying to win Supercoach, that that, that might be uh, might be something that you know that you can do. Yeah, just on a caution with that as well. If you're going to go the route of having NPR players, you need to make sure you've got the jewels for every scenario. So you know, having garlic and cheese or something like that, where they can rotate through those positions. Second sounds row like, that, sounds like, that sounds like a delicious pizza. <laughs> Your cheesy, cheesy garlic bread. So that's, a, that's, a, that's your Saturday, Saturday night after a few wines. I feel, Matt, I feel like that. I feel like a couple of slices now. Yeah. So you know, just to, just have a look at your jewels. Have a look at you know, if you are going those NPRs, you can flick around, and that was the importance, I think, of the fullback strategy we were talking about, having that centre wing, so you can throw them up there if you need to, and and get one of those fullback guns. But uh, yeah, you know, it's. It's a good strategy, and I'll probably be looking to have at least that three or four NPRs. That's some really great insight and thinking um, into NPRs and team structure for the year. I think we'll touch on that, try and touch on that a lot because I think that's a that's a real big strength of of uh, of yours, Danny boy. So um, we'll probably wind that up here tonight, guys. So that's a that's the end of our preseason series. We'll be back coming in extra, extra, extremo picante for Tuesday for TLT. Uh, we've got a really big show coming up. Can't wait to get stuck into the season. So thanks, Tubes, for joining us. Yeah, cheers. I'm looking forward to Tuesday. Three time zones. I'll be in Perth. You'll be in Melbourne, Dan in London. So we'll be we'll be coming in hot on Tuesday for team list. Everywhere except rugby league, league heartland. Dan, yep. thanks for joining us tonight. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll catch you TLT. Thank you, Maddie. I'm really looking forward to TLT. I think I'm looking at setting the alarm for about 5 a.m. Just I'm going to be pumped up enough to, to check that out as well. Uh, so my five-month-year-old might uh, wake me up anyway. But, uh, yeah, you go and uh, go and enjoy your cheesy garlic bread and, a, and a, maybe just a, another glass of the Shiraz to polish yourself off. Looking forward to it, Dan. And uh, and good luck to all super coaches. May TLT be kind and enjoy enjoy the biggest day of the Supercoach season. Thanks, guys. You beauty.